It is bowl season. I'm coming at you with my second SEC bowl game preview, the Gasparilla Bowl, Missouri Tigers, Wake Forest Demon Deacons. I'm going to give it all to you right here on the SEC Recap Podcast. You're listening to the SEC Recap Podcast. I am your host, Ben Warren. If you're listening in audio form on Google or Apple Podcasts or Spotify, don't press pause. Don't hit stop. Keep it right on rolling, but go and leave a rating and review. It helps me out a lot. Helps me get more exposure, share the show with more people. And if you're joining me again on YouTube, Thank you for being here. I've had a a little surge in YouTube activity, a lot more likes, a lot more views, and a few more subscribers hitting the channel. So thank you, thank you, thank you guys. By the way, I enjoy uh, interacting with you guys in the comments of the videos. Some of you are great. Some of you are not nice and say mean things, but it doesn't matter. I'll engage with you anyways. I'll usually just say something like, thanks for watching. I'm not online to to argue with people or to get in fights. I'm just here to make college football content uh, and talk about the SEC, uh, which I love. And I love to talk and engage and interact with people who love that as well. So again, thank you guys. No more wasting time. Let's get into it. The matchup. Mizzou Tigers, Wake Forest, Demon Deacons. This is the Gasparilla Bowl, December 23rd. My birthday, by the way, 6.30 p.m. Eastern Time in Tampa, Florida. Wake Forest makes its first Gasparilla Bowl appearance after losing four of its last five games. 6-6 Mizzou also makes its first Gasparilla Bowl appearance, coming off of consecutive wins to end the season, including a win over Arkansas in the battle line rivalry. A little background on the Gasparilla Bowl here. There's a little history lesson, never hurt nobody, right? The Gasparilla Bowl is only 14 years old. It began in 2008 at Tropicana Field as the St. Petersburg Bowl. In 2017, it was renamed the Gasparilla Bowl after a legendary mythical pirate named Jose Gaspar, nicknamed Gasparilla. He supposedly terrorized the Gulf of Mexico from his pirate base around Tampa Bay. In 2018, the organizers moved the game to Raymond James Stadium in Tampa Bay, and that's where it's continued to be played today. The Gasparilla Bowl does not commonly feature teams from the SEC or the ACC. In total, only two teams each from the SEC and the ACC have appeared in this bowl game. Mizzou and Wake Forest will be just the third teams from each conference to appear, and it'll be the first SEC-ACC matchup in this bowl's history. I think that's pretty cool. This game presents a far more intriguing matchup than I think many give it credit on the surface. Mizzou's defense is much improved since last year, and in fact, it's become somewhat of a calling card uh, this season. They also feature a phenomenal kicker, Harrison Mevis, who at 245 pounds styles himself the thicker kicker, and I love that. I think that's great. Meanwhile, Wake Forest boasts a top 20 offense, overall, including a top 10 passing attack led by quarterback Sam Hartman. Hartman missed time early in the season due to a blood clot condition which required surgery. We found out earlier this month via a tweet from David Hale at a David Hale joint uh, 
that that said that Hartman actually had to have a rib removed as a requirement of the surgery. He apparently kept the rib. It is currently in his refrigerator, and he plans on having it made into a necklace. Sam Hartman, football guy, true football guy. Without further ado, let's jump into this bizarre and uh, somewhat disturbing matchup. And as always, I like to start with the offense. So Mizzou Tigers have the number 83 scoring offense in the country, 25 and a half points per game on 371 total yards. So if you're with me here on YouTube, I'm showing you this nice infographic. If you're listening to the podcast in audio form, I always drop the article in the episode description. So follow that. It'll take you to my website. It'll take you to the articles page on my website where you can click the link to this article and you can browse these nice graphics while you listen. They have the number 91 passing attack in terms of total yards, yards per game at 212. And they have the number 62 rushing attack. Meanwhile, Wake Forest, number 16 scoring offense. Like I said in the intro, top 20 offense. That includes this number 10 passing attack. 315 passing yards a game, 440, sorry, 40 passing touchdowns on the season. Really, really phenomenal passing game. But <laughs> the run game, number 92, not great. 132 rushing yards per game, 16 rushing tutties, but 36.8 points per game on 447 total yards. Offensive advantage here going to the Wake Forest Demon Deacons. Let's flip it on over to the defensive side. Kind of Mizzou's calling card. Number 57. So top third, you know, top third nationally, but much improved over last year. Really scrappy defense. Number 57 in terms of scoring defense. They allow 25 points per game, 337 total yards per game. They have the number 42 passing defense and the number 33 rushing defense. They also are minus three in the turnover margin. Wake Forest, number 95 scoring defense. So that top 20 scoring offense, kind of not matched by the defense. Number 95, they allow 29.3 points per game, 410 total yards. They have the number 116 passing defense, not great. And the number 44, somewhat respectable rushing defense, uh, allowing 114 yards per game. They are also minus three turnover margin. Uh, so if you're if you're unfamiliar with turnover margin, minus means that the team turns the ball over more than their defense gets turnovers. So being minus three, both Mizzou and Wake Forest turn the ball over a net three more times than their defense has gotten turnovers. So uh, it's not terrible, but it's not good. You never want to be negative in turnover margin. You want to be new. Well, you want to be positive. You want to be as positive as possible, uh, but you definitely don't want to be negative. Um, defensive advantage here going to Mizzou. Uh, they have the better scoring defense. They allow fewer yards and they have the clear cut, better passing defense and rushing defense. So uh, let's get into injuries, opt-outs, and transfers before we talk about kind of the keys to success for each team 
in this matchup. First, I'll do Wake Forest because there's not a lot here. Uh, Cornerback Gavin Holmes, he's hit the transfer portal. I know Sam Hartman has kind of been in talks. uh, You know, is he going to go pro? Is he going to enter the NFL draft? Uh, I've even heard him talk, like some, some chatter, some rumors about him talking to other NIL collectives about transferring and playing somewhere else. Uh, Sam Hartman's a really, really good player. Um, I think he probably could end up, you know, somewhere with maybe more NIL money. I have no reason to believe or suggest that he won't play in this game. Everything that I have read up to the point that I'm recording this now, which is on, uh, December 14th, uh, suggests to me that he will play in this game. But if you're listening to this after December 14th and the news comes out, don't, you know, come in my mentions or my comments or my DMs being like, you said that he was, whatever. Okay, to my knowledge, Sam Hartman is playing. So I'm assuming for all intents and purposes in this analysis that he's playing. Uh, But for Mizzou, quite a few opt-outs, transfers, and other here. I'll start with uh, the big one, Dominic Lovett, wide receiver, the most productive wide receiver on this Missouri roster. He has hit the transfer portal. Now, Mizzou still has some uh, talented receivers. We'll get to that here in a minute. Uh, But that's a big hit because Mizzou, not a great passing team already. Brady Cook, not the most efficient passer, not the most prolific passer as a quarterback. But Dominic Lovett was the touchdown leader and the yardage leader. So they're going to feel that one a little bit. Um, I'll I'll run through these others. Zach Lovett, linebacker, he's hit the transfer portal. DJ Jackson, DB, he's hit the transfer portal. Travion Ford, defensive line, he's hit the transfer portal. And LJ Hewitt, defensive back, transfer portal. Um, I believe Ford, I don't hope I'm not misspeaking here, but Ford, Hewitt, uh, those guys maybe have very little or no playing time on the season. And you're seeing that a lot with a lot of teams that have players going into the transfer portal now. You're trying to look up what their stats are to see if it's going to be a big impact to the team. And you find out they haven't really played any snaps all season. Um, so when you see a lot of names associated with a team in the transfer portal, uh, not all of those players were impact players. Usually there's just uh, one or two, a couple of depth guys, and some guys just looking for other opportunities. So now let's look at key players um, in this matchup. From Mizzou, quarterback Brady Cook. He's got a 65% completion rating, over 2,500 yards, 13 passing touchdowns, but it's not his passing game that's the true threat. It's his running ability. He showed starting in that Tennessee game that he's really a threat with his legs. He's a better athlete than a lot of people may have given him credit for earlier in the season. He's got 125 carries for 547 yards and six touchdowns. So important if you're Wake Forest to watch out for Brady Cook, especially in the red zone. Then I'm also going to include wide receiver Luther Burden. With Lovett hitting the portal, I think Burden stands to gain the most. He has the most touchdowns of any wide receiver, including Lovett. So I apologize just a minute ago. I think I might have said Lovett was the touchdown leader. He's the yardage leader, not the touchdown leader. Uh, But Burden has the third most receiving yards. So I expect with Lovett hitting the portal that Burden's yardage numbers will increase. I think if they don't, I would be concerned about that. 
Um, for Wake Forest, no d- 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 doubt, quarterback Sam Hartman, 63% completion rating. They throw the ball a ton. He is critical to making this offense happen. Over 3,400 yards, 35 touchdowns. Pretty incredible. So along with him, since the passing attack is the biggest component of this Wake Forest offense, wide receiver A.T. Perry, also a key player in this game. He's got 70 receptions for 980 yards. I fully expect he'll eclipse 1,000 by the end of the bowl game and 11 touchdowns, almost a touchdown a game. So if Wake Forest is going to hurt Mizzou, I think it's going to be through the air. I don't don't expect it to be their rushing attack. So to me, what this game comes down to, I'm going to, this isn't wrapped up in a nice narrative like sometimes I'm able to do. Uh, So I'm going to give you a sequence of stats here that kind of highlight sort of the matchups and the pairings of what I'm watching for to happen in this game. Mizzou is tied for eighth in the FBS in team tackles for loss at 89 on the season. They average 7.4 per game. That's really good. The higher you are in team tackles for loss, the better you are defensively, hopefully. Meanwhile, Wake Forest ranks 71st in team tackles for loss allowed. Uh, They're averaging uh, 69 on the season. Nice. Uh, At an average of 5.75 a game. So this is a Wake Forest weakness that plays into a Mizzou strength. Tackles for loss. Wake Forest already not a great rushing attack. So I would look for Missouri to really hit them there. Really kind of shut down any semblance of a run game that they can. And force Wake Forest to play one dimensional. Which is sort of what they lean toward already. Um, Wake Forest ranks 19th in offensive third down conversion rate. So that's pretty good. They're averaging 46.5% of their third down attempts converting into first downs. Mizzou ranks 28th in third down conversion rate defense. They allow just 34% of third down attempts to opponents. So pretty balanced there, but that'll be an interesting kind of matchup to watch. Wake Forest, 29th in red zone defense. That's really good. When you consider that this is not a strong scoring defense, for them to be 29th in red zone defense, maybe a little surprising there and something that a lot of people are overlooking. A lot better in the red zone than maybe their overall defensive statistics suggest. They allow 79% uh of red zone. This can't be right. I have them saying allowing 79% of red zone scoring opportunities. I need to check that again. I might, I might've gotten some numbers skewed there. Uh, regardless, they also have the 38th red zone offense. They average 87% in the red zone. So pretty good. So highlighting that wake force being 29th in red zone defense. Here's something on the flip side of that, that might surprise you. Mizzou, Number 122nd in red zone defense. So Mizzou overall a better defense statistically in terms of yards allowed and scoring, but somehow they're 122nd in the red zone, allowing more than 91% of red zone scoring opportunities. That's kind of a shocker to me. I'm not going to lie. I was I was a bit stunned when I saw this because when you compare you know let's look at it again let me bring it up here on screen 
Give me just one second. Boom. There we go. So Mizzou, number 57, scoring defense overall. Wake Forest, number 95. If you showed me this graphic and then told me that Wake Forest is actually still 29th in red zone defense while Mizzou is 122nd, I'd say you got it backwards. I'd say it should be the other way around, but it isn't. So again, a lot more of an intriguing matchup than I think we were maybe giving it credit for initially. Uh, Mizzou is 103rd in red zone offense, so they're not great offensively in the red zone. And like I said, both teams are minus three in turnover margin. So the likelihood of both teams turning the ball over in this game is pretty high. If I could get odds on one and a half turnovers, I'd probably take the over if I could find that anywhere. Uh, Speaking of odds, let's look at the odds. FBI has Wake Forest favorite at a 59.4% chance to win versus Mizzou at a 40.6% chance to win. Interesting. The spread favors Wake Forest slightly. This is very coin flippy at minus one at the time I'm recording this, as does the money line at minus 115. Um, the over under is at 60 and a hook at the time I'm recording with team totals for Wake Forest at 31 and Mizzou at 30. So this is the coin flippiest of coin flips that I could imagine a one point. Uh, to me, that's not a spread. You're, you're just flipping a coin. Both teams are seven and five against the spread. So that makes this kind of tough to pick one way or the other, a literal coin flip of a game. That comes down to Sam Hartman playing. Again, I have no reason to think he's not. So if he plays, I think Wake Forest wins this by a field goal. And I know it's not popular as an SEC podcast to pick against the SEC, but that's just kind of the way I see it. This is a good offense. Wake is a good offense. If if Sam Hartman didn't play for whatever reason, I don't think Wake's defense is good enough to stop, stop Brady Cook passing or running. I don't think both teams get to 30 points in this game. I think at most one of these teams gets to 30. Um, And I don't see that team eclipsing 30 by much. I think 60 and a half for the over under is pretty close. But if I could get 61 and a half, I might lean the under there. Mizzou's average is 25 and a half points per game while Wake's is 36.8. Therefore, I'm going to kind of pull my scores toward the middle here. Mizzou is still a solid defense, and they're pretty good against what Wake Forest does well, which is the pass. I think they'll make it tough enough on a Wake Forest team that doesn't have a strong run game to lean on in order to open up the pass. Each of Wake Forest's last six games in Florida have gone under the total points line. And both teams are a combined 9-15 and on the over-under. So... I think the edge here is going to go to Wake Forest for that offense, for that veteran quarterback, that that really good QB wide receiver combo. But I still think it's going to be a really close game. Uh, Give me Wake Forest 31, Mizzou 28. But guys, I could easily see that flipping. I could easily see uh, Mizzou at 31 and Wake Forest at 28. Uh, Anyway, this shakes out. I think it's definitely within a field goal. Should actually be a really fun game to watch. I'm looking forward to going out somewhere, uh, maybe grabbing some drinks uh, with some buddies or my wife and uh, actually turning this one on on my birthday. Uh, Happy birthday to me. Excited for this one. Guys, that's going to do it for this 
episode. I've got the Liberty Bowl coming at you next. Then I'm going to have the uh, the Texas Bowl, the Gator Bowl, the Music City Bowl, the ReliQuest Bowl, the Orange Bowl, the Sugar Bowl. They're all coming, and they're all going to be coming rapid fire uh, because next week these games are going to start, and I've got to crank these things out. So if you enjoyed this content, Give me a follow on Twitter at SEC Recap. I'll throw that up here on screen really quick. You can get all of our content at secrecap.com. Engage with me here on YouTube. You know, uh, hit the thumbs up. I'd love to get five to 10 likes on every video, and I'm working my way toward 100 subs. So if you've been here a couple of times and you've watched a few of my videos, my full length videos, or my shorts, sub to the channel. I'm going to try to give you some content that you'll love. Excited to get into basketball here in January when we enter uh, conference play in full swing. It doesn't stop in the SEC, man. We're going to roll right out of bowl season and into uh, SEC basketball. So I'm super pumped for that. Thanks for hanging out with me here. Keep an eye out. Uh, keep your ear out. Hit that noti bell for the Liberty Bowl episode, the Gator Bowl episode, the Texas Bowl episode, all those coming at you rapid fire. I'm just kind of rambling on here. I'll let you guys get out of here. Have a great week. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the Las Vegas Bowl. If this is out before then, I'll catch you guys on the next one. Thanks for tuning in to the SEC Recap Podcast.